0: So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end, where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes but if you want all of them including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show just go to the agent success toolbox all right rockstar nation i got a great guest not too far from me charlotte north carolina Uh, mr chris salerno is on the show today first time guest and I'm excited to dig deep. Chris, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
1: Pat, I'm super excited to be uh, on here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, Chris, why don't you kind of tell everybody a little bit about who you are so they can get to know you better.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much again. Um, I grew up in the real estate industry. I've lived in Charlotte, North Carolina for over 13 years. Uh, so I, I love it right here in the uh, in the Carolina market. I actually started out in the single family, selling single family homes uh, here in Charlotte and very quickly gained a success, which uh, landed me in the position of operating the number one team in the Carolinas for residential. And then I switched everything over. I did some uh, flips here and there throughout that process, but I switched everything over over in to multifamily real estate. So, I've created a company that buys large multifamily properties.
0: Wow. Okay. So, now you're doing both, right? You're selling houses and buying no, multifamily? No. Yeah.
1: I, I, I still have my broker's license, but I do not practice real estate and any past clients, I do refer them out um, because I do not practice real estate. I am full-time uh, for our investors
0: for multifamily. And, and so, how long did you sell real estate? So, I sold real
1: estate about uh, three, uh, three and a half years.
0: So, what, like, how did you gravitate from, you know, making commission by commission to doing, you know, buying apartment complexes? A lot of people in their head say, you know, in such a short period of time, it's difficult to, to, to fathom that they could do that. Can you, can you walk me? First of all, how old are you, Chris? I'm 24 years of age. 24. So, you, so when did you get your real estate license to sell houses?
1: Um, around 21.
0: Okay. So, you recently got out.
1: Correct. Yeah. I got out of uh, selling residential real estate uh, January 1st, 2019. So, just at the beginning of the year. This
0: year. year. Yeah. yeah. So, at 21 to 24, right, you were selling houses. And how does a 24-year-old have the mindset to be like, look, I'm done with the world of, of brokerage, right? And I'm going to get into buying multifamilies. I mean, it's just, it seems like, a big stretch to a lot of people listening to the show, and I want you to take us through, you know, what went on in your mind and where that belief structure came from.
1: Yeah, I love I love that question, um, and a lot of people ask me that. Um, so since January first, two thousand nineteen, I'll just say this real quick: we've acquired over forty million worth of multifamily real estate and over three hundred sixty-four doors. So we're growing substantially, very quickly. But the mindset around it was. I, I felt like I reached my peak in selling residential, um, and I feel like there is a ceiling in residential after leading the number one team in the Carolinas and knowing a lot of the top uh, teams in the United States. Um, th- there's a ceiling that you do hit, um, and I wanted, a, really a, I wanted to build wealth, and I figured uh, to build wealth, you have to play the game Monopoly, but in real life. So I, 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 I sat down with myself and I, I drawed on a, on a piece of paper my goals and I drawed a path to my goals and realized that brokeraging real estate just wasn't on there. Um, so in oh eight to 2012, I, I said, well, that was a really bad time for a lot of people. And what asset class was still extremely strong and it was multifamily real estate because everyone needed a place to live. So I said, that's the asset class I'm going to focus on and focus on acquiring for our investors is multifamily. And uh, that's how I really got into it. I, I started reading books, really, to before I made that step. Um, and I followed a lot of big multifamily uh, syndicators, they call it, on social media and reading their books. And then I, I decided to make the leap and cut selling residential real estate off cold turkey, and um, I told myself, well, I had the mindset. I, I'm a very positive person, so I had that mindset that I'm going to do whatever it takes, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to um, succeed in this business, and that's when I cut residential off cold turkey and jumped straight into multifamily.
0: And it and, and had to be scary, right? Because, you know, I mean, when, let me ask you this. So, your, your last full year where you were, not do, you were not an investor or a syndicator or whatever it is you want to call yourself, it, before you did that, right, how much did you make that year, would you say? Um, it was around 210 so you're making you're 24 years old. You're making 210 grand. A lot of people say, "Dude, <laughs> really?" Cut it you know, I mean, why? I'm sure. I'm sure people were thinking if they weren't telling it to your face. So, so like, uh, what? Uh, tell me what. Like, first of all, how did you do that mentally? And then how did you do it specifically? And how long did it take before you actually bought a place?
1: Yeah, great question. So um, mentally, you have to prepare yourself no matter what you do and what career you're in. Um, Having a strong mindset is key uh, to overcome a lot of obstacles that is thrown your way. So um, I've always had the strong mindset and the entrepreneur mindset. I've always had a business mindset because each property we acquire, I treat it like a business. So um going into it I made sure I did my research on um everything that I needed to know cuz it is a big it is a big difference um you know because you're dealing with the SEC you're raising money you're structuring these deals together so I made sure I did enough research uh so then I hopped straight into I mean
0: it. it's still real estate but you sh- you sure are going from like Auto mechanic to accountant. I mean, you're, correct. You're, you know what I mean? Like it's real estate, but it's really completely different.
1: Yes, you are 100% correct. It is a very big difference when you just go. And a lot salary. of people
0: go from selling single family homes to buying and flipping single family homes and or buying and renting single family homes. And then they go into, you know, multifamily, right? So, correct. why did you skip that step?
1: Um, I skipped that step because um, I knew that if my back was against the wall, I will I will do things in the multifamily space that you have to do. Um, and basically, I'm forced to do it because my back's against the wall. I, I, I need to do it. Uh, the first property we acquired was actually for uh, about four and a half months in me uh, getting into the multifamily space. It was about four and a half months, which was a 144 unit uh, complex out in Greenville, South Carolina. So- That right there, normally, if you jump into the space, normally you'll see your first complex between a year and a year and a half because you have to build the credibility. You have to build uh, the network of investors, Um, but it took us a little less than six months.
0: So, and in that property, you just gained equity for all your work, right? Uh, Correct. Did did you or do you get a commission or finder's fee or acquisition fee? Do you get money from that?
1: Uh, we, uh, an acquisition fee is paid out um, for each property we do acquire and we have ownership in it. And there's also an asset management fee for managing the property throughout. Right.
0: The so the asset so, management yeah. fee, all oh, that's, you know, a little residual, but you, what do you get? 1% uh, acquisition
1: fee? Uh, 2% acquisition fee.
0: 2%. 2%. So that paid you for a little bit because you've been starving for four and a half months, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's not bad, right? Because at the end of the day, like, and how much was that first one?
1: The first acquisition fee uh, was a couple hundred thousand um, because it was a, a pretty big property, but I, I dumped all the acquisition fee back into the deal to invest alongside of our investors.
0: To put it um, into equity.
1: Correct. Yeah. So I, I put it into the equity pot um, so our investors know that I'm investing alongside them as well. And
0: then do you manage it or do you get an outside property manager?
1: Great question. So when it comes to it, lenders want a uh, third-party property manager, but I do manage the property manager who manages the property to make sure that our business plan that we have for that property is succeeding.
0: Right. And that's part of your, your management fee. Correct.
1: Right. The, the asset management fee. That's what is that?
0: Another 1%? Fee. That's 2%. So you get another 2% and then you pay the property manager what? What percent?
1: Depending anywhere from three to six percent. It depends. Three to six percent of the
0: of the gross rents.
1: Correct. Of the gross so, you rents.
0: got some income coming in from that uh, which is good. So, let's go back to that. Like, how? what did you do? So, a third grader can understand this, Chris, right? Because okay. the whole idea of this show is so people can learn, right? Correct. So, I want people to be able to learn What Chris did so they could do it themselves in Tupelo, Mississippi. Tell me exactly what you did. What's your playbook? What are your best practices? How did you do it? Uh, So if someone wants to do this in Tupelo, they can do it too.
1: Yeah, a great question. I think um, any career you get in, and what I did to get into multifamily is I gained the knowledge. Um, I was listening to podcasts just like yours to gain knowledge. I gained the knowledge of how multifamily operated, and then I started to go to local meetups here in the Charlotte area, and then I ran into a gentleman who got is coached by Joe Fairless, which has a real estate podcast. And then um, I connected with Joe Fairless and decided to hire him as my coach because I wanted to be in lo- I wanted to have a coach um, that had the same goals in mind that I did and has achieved a lot in a very quick amount of time, which uh, he was one of them. So that's why I decided to um, hire a coach to make sure I'm limiting my mistakes. And also the credibility of having a coach is substantial when you're speaking with
0: lenders, brokers, and also in investors who invest. Yeah, but you didn't answer the question. You said you got a coach. But what 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 specifically did you do?
1: I so I, I gained knowledge. I listened to podcasts. I know, I but read- you could
0: have a ton of knowledge, right? There's plenty of guys out there with PhDs that are broke, right? Correct. So like like the first day did you start calling people saying, hey, I'm buying an apartment complex. Can you put a hundred grand in? Second day. You know what I mean? Third day. So like, I, like, tell I, I, me. T-
1: I tapped into all my investors who bought single family
0: investments
1: because that told me- You tapped
0: that, into all your, like you tapped into the people that you had been selling houses to.
1: Who invested, not who selling invested. houses. Investors. Who Correct. Investors who bought single family. And you said,
0: don't buy another single family, Good. buy multifamily. Invest into multifamily. Okay.
1: And right. I, I pitched to them that investing into multifamily, is, it's a larger scalability and there will have a larger profit than just holding one single family rental. Um, and that's how I transitioned.
0: So, elaborate on that. So, somebody is sitting here with a debate, point, okay. counterpoint. You know, let's just say I'm a guy and I, and a, which is not true, but let's say I did own a hedge fund that invests in thousands and thousands of single family homes. Correct. No apartment buildings. And you're debating me as to what is a better investment. Why would you say multifamily is a better investment than single family?
1: Great question. So now starting off your hedge fund that owns thousands of homes. Now think the investors who invest in the multifamily are not necessarily hedge funds that have all that backing of them to buy single family of thousands. Now when you're buying single family of thousands of homes, the numbers will make sense because you have thousands of people that are paying it and if something happens to one home, those other thousands homes can subsidize for those repairs. When it comes into a single uh, a just a med- uh, we have a lot of medical professionals that invest who don't have the time and some of them will buy one single family home. Well, if you buy one single family home, if that person leaves or if something happens or if you're pay- you know all the taxes and repairs on it, your margins are very minimum compared to investing alongside of us in a large multifamily deal where you have one roof and you have 60 people or 40 people under that one roof, the margins of the numbers are just a lot greater than single family. If it's coming into an argument with a a mutual fund or a hedge fund that owns thousands of homes, they're kind of basically doing what we're doing because it's at a larger scale. But a lot of our investors uh, may have anywhere from one to 20 single family homes um, and they're looking to get out of that because of what I said of one person's in there and it's, and they're just paying the rent. It's not 40 people under one roof paying all the rent and repairs and all that.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. So you're saying they're they're equal. You're not going to have that debate because you think that the both are, both are equally as valuable it's only a, it's only a convincing argument on your side when you only have one or two of them and you don't have the economies of scale, which Correct. makes sense. And I see it all the time, right? People are like, I want to own real estate. They buy one. And then after the, you know, the tenant gets evicted or, or whatever happens, something bad happens, which in our mind isn't even that bad, but in their mind is a catastrophe. And then they're like, I can't handle it anymore. I need to sell it. So, most, the, the average human being is not cut out to own a single family home and rent it out. It's much easier on their soul just to give you a hundred grand and have you invested in a apartment complex or, or, or thousands of single family homes. Tribe of millionaires.com guys, write that down. Rockstar nation got a free special offer for you. Now I've just written a book and it's just been published co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate, was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself, and he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires, and I guarantee you it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. So, day one, you called all your investors. Day two, you called every single doctor you knew because they like to invest with you. Day three, what'd you do?
1: I made try. I, I stayed on. I, I made detailed notes on those individuals um, because the biggest thing in multi you want to make sure you have your funds in line before you really find a deal um, because it, you you have to put a lot of money down. Purchasing these deals, so I made sure that I'm. St- I, I made detailed notes of everyone I spoke to on day three um, to make sure. Okay, I have a soft commitment if I went to them with a deal
0: of this amount, this amount, which then helped me. Because with the the SEC regulation, is you you can't sell them a fa- you can't sell them something arbitrary. You have to sell them a piece of property. You have to have Correct. a targeted thing that says, do you want to invest in this, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. And there's two different types. Uh, When you have a SEC 506C, you can market that. I can put, put it on my social media. I can market it and blast it out. But if it's a 506B, it has to be someone who you have built strong relationships with, have met with, and 30 days before the date. That it's under contract, you've have to shown some prior relationship. So with if you're person. starting
0: this out, you need to go C. B is going to be way too complicated, cost you too much in lawyers, and you don't know what you're doing yet. So you go C, right? Then day four, you've got soft commitments, you got them all written down, and obviously this is four months, not four days. But the fourth step is you get soft commitments, you got an Excel sheet. da da. Step five, or day five, or day four, whatever, is finding. Now something to buy, how did you do that?
1: So with my prior brokerage experience in residential, uh, my first thing is a lot of people will try to, you know, and you'll see it in wholesaling and uh, sometimes flippers, that they'll try to go direct to the sellers. Well, I knew that really these larger institutions who decide to sell are going to go to a broker and say, give me your top four, top five people um, and give this deal to them and see if it makes work, make it work. If it doesn't work, then let's throw it on the market. So I went to the brokers that are in the commercial space for multifamily and I built great relationships with them. I took them out to lunch. I told them what I was doing. I had phone call conversations with them, um, letting them know I'm coming from the residential brokerage side, going in to multifamily syndication. And I built strong relationships with them. Uh, and that's how I acquired my first one. It was uh, actually um, off, it was an off-market deal here in Charlotte.
0: So, guys, just just uh, so everybody's clarified, you know, there's no real MLS, right? I mean, they've right. got a couple systems that they, it's not, the pressure to share among other brokers is not there with commercial brokers. And to be greedy, or is la- for lack of a better word, or to be, you know, it's not greedy, it's just uh, customary, right? It's um, business. For commercial business uh, to double dip, right? It's not, you know, some agents, because our, our audience is hundreds of thousands of agents, right? They would say, oh, well, you know, that's, that's, that's greedy or that's double dipping or that's, you know, not fair. Well, that's just the market now, especially with the, it's a seller's market with regards to these multifamily units. So, what that means is that they probably can sell it off the market without, putting it out there to other brokers. Just like if you have a seller's market in your zip code, you can sell it uh, without and double dip it before you put it in MLS. So, uh, so the, the, the real way in is to get in with brokers who are going to get deals on their table and before they make them public, they like you because you took them out to lunch and they say, hey, I got a deal for you. It is what it is. That is how the selling of these things generally works. I mean, I know a lot of people in this space and it's, it's a very rare that a syndicator will come to you nowadays and tell you, oh yeah, we acquired this property. It was, on the, it was on the market for six months and no one bought it and we bought it. It's always a quote unquote off market. That's what they all say because that's true. That's how, that's how they're sold now. So you found this off market, then you had to go back and get these verbal penciled in commitments from all these doctors to turn into cash. And in order to do that, I assume at that point, you hired a lawyer and said, you know, let's get on this lickety split. Correct.
1: Yeah. So I was actually touring a 91 units that was, when we say on market, in the multifamily space, that means that that broker is just marketing it on their website. Now, LoopNet is the commercial website, just like a Zillow, you can say. But if it's on there for a long period of time, then you may be thinking something's wrong with that property. So when it's on market, it's on the broker's website and they're marketing it that way. So,
0: Uh, You're not the only one that knows about it. Generally, the assumption is when someone says, hey, I got an off-market it means I'm the only one that knows about this. Now, whether that's Correct. true or not, it's another thing, but generally that's the perception.
1: Correct. So I was touring a 91 units that was on market and I looked adjacent to it and I said, well, what's this complex? Is it the same owner? And he, the broker said, no, it's not. I said, well, would they be willing to sell? Cause I would like to combine it to 135. That just makes it more, um, you know, a lot more valuable when you decide to sell instead of just 91, you have 135. Um, so about a couple days later, broker gets back to me and says, yes, it's a, a different owner, but they're still, they're, they want to sell. So I said, wonderful. I actually, I lost in best and final in the 91. Um, so I wasn't able to acquire the 91. But a, a, about a week later, I called the broker back up. I said, well, is the seller still wanting or did the buyer acquire that one? He said, no. I said, okay, is the seller still wanting to sell? He said, yes. I said, well, let me get in, get in again. Let me get updated financials. Um, and I'd love to acquire it. And that's how I acquired the uh,
0: first off-market one. So since that day- You've built relationships with how many brokers?
1: Countless brokers, I would say. Oh, really, when it comes to multifamily, I'd say about six to seven. And six that, to that's seven. the big And do you find them you on
0: LinkedIn? Do, where, where would this agent in Tupelo, Mississippi find six brokers that are solid like you did? great
1: question. If you're in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, what I would do if I was in your shoes, I would go and find out the biggest multifamily companies. You can Google it, but the biggest multifamily companies, I would say Cushman and Wakefield. I would say Marcus and Millichap. Find out the biggest multifamily companies and go to their website and all the brokers are on there and then just email them and find out who really specializes in multifamily or if it's student housing or whatever niche you want to go to. Find out who specializes it and take them out to lunch um, because no one's going to turn down good food and free food. Um, so, take them out to lunch and start building that relationship with them.
0: Mm-hmm. And and when you're going to look at these, right, obviously, you know, just because something is quote-unquote off-market and just because it's with a reputable firm doesn't mean it's underpriced. Correct. So, so How, what did you look for? You know, what are some simple rules we can follow if we're going to do this in Tupelo?
1: Yeah, great question. So to let everybody know off the bat too, there's really not a purchase price when it comes to it. Um, it's always about the financials. So before I even tour a property, I underwrite the property. So I have a couple uh, from my coach and from a couple of the people I've built strong relationships with, I have an underwriting Excel spreadsheet, which I would put the financials into it, which is the rent roll. And that's each, each unit um, and what they're renting for and what the market rent is. And then their T12, which is a PL or, and a T12 stands for tw- uh, trailing 12. And that's all the financials broken down of the property. So I would plug that into the Excel spreadsheet to make sure that the numbers look appealing and the numbers would fit to our investors before I even take a look at the property and waste anyone's time. And if that works, then I will go out and take a look at the property. Um, but it's all based off of the financials, and the purchase price of that property is based off of the financials. So if the financials, make sense then I would know what I should pay per door to get the property.
0: Right and essentially so this audience can understand this you're looking for a return of your money of your investors money of every all the money put in of about what what would the cash on cash be?
1: Yeah, great question. So our cash on cash, um, it, it depends on the property. Uh, for our IRR, which is initial rate
0: of return. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that because that's that's guys. IRR, you know, is basically adding in what Chris thinks he could sell it for. Which who knows what what he can sell it for. Really, we want to know about like what do they need to see coming back to them on a monthly basis in order for you to make a decision to buy it.
1: Yeah, so our annualized cash-on-cash cash return, we're seeing anywhere from the properties we're looking at, anywhere from 85 to 12%. Okay, 85 to 12%. Cash cash yep, return. So beautiful, we, beautiful.
0: Yeah. beautiful. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Rieke, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level. Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the Certified Listing Agent course. You can get the Certified Buyer Agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the Certified Team Agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10 hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat, $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. futureofrealestatetraining.com, check it out. Rockstar Nation, it is time to finish the year strong. The year is almost over and it's time to sprint. You know, in my real estate career, I always doubled down at the end of the year because all of the other agents were not working during November and December, so I took full advantage. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about my OutDesk. If you haven't heard of my OutDesk, basically, they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the US use MyOutDesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible This company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We are going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 3199 That's H-I-B-A-N to 3199 And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my outdesk. it just so people understand if they're thinking about doing this like the way Chris makes money is the acquisition fee 2% then he manages the whole thing so he's managing the manager essentially another 2% now that the acquisition fee is of the buy so if it's two million dollars then that's you know whatever 40 grand right so the acquisition fee the the management fee is of the gross monthly rent so if the if the rents 200 grand a year that would be another 40 grand a year passively, like 3500 bucks a month, roughly. So, in addition to that, he's also getting equity. Tell me about that. How does that work? What do you get in equity without you having to put any of your money in? I know you do, but if you Correct. didn't, what do you get in equity for putting this whole package together?
1: Yeah, great question. So, Always invest alongside of our investors, but um, if I did not put any money in, how it is split is 70% of the profits are to our investors, our LPs, they call it, limited partners, and 30% goes to our GPs, which is our general partners, but how I have everything structured is our investors, we give a preferred return on an annual basis. Right now, we're shooting for 7 to 8% preferred return on your initial investment on an annual basis, but we do monthly distributions. Our investors have to get paid that first. Once they get paid that, any profits remaining are split 70-30, 70% to our investors, 30% to our GPs. And then when it's sold, After- tell me about that. How do you split it when it's sold? Great question. When it's sold, after it, it's a 1% exit fee. And then once our investors get their initial uh, IRR or or cash on cash, once they hit those numbers, then the profits are split 50-50. But our investors have to hit those numbers first um, before any profits are split 50-50.
0: Okay. And so just to recap, guys, it's 30% he's making after the original partners are paid their seven. Right. So let's say if the thing does return 12%, which was on the higher end of what his performer was, of what he was saying, there's 5% left if he's making the 12% mark. Of that 5% that's left, right, he's getting 30% of that 5% and, and the investor is getting 70, right? Correct.
1: Yes. And also the, um, the biggest thing in this whole thing too is the cost segregation and depreciation of the asset
0: yeah um, which is huge guys i mean I'm, I'm, in, I'm you know at the peak, I was in about nine of these, so you know the 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 tax benefits are astronomical we 've sold several, um, but still, I just get these tax benefits that last forever and, and it's it 's a really good deal like basically your money that you 'll earn will be almost, it will be tax free it should be tax free just correct. Because, of your, because of the the tax benefits and if especially because realist- you guys are all Considered real estate professionals. Professionals, thanks. they will say professionals, which you are on your taxes.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you if you have a um, a real estate professional on your taxes, um, and that's what you're labeled as, all this is tax free, and you all the the cost segregation and depreciation of the property, you can go ahead and um, whatever you don't use, you can just knock it to the next year. So it's it's phenomenal, and a lot of our. Uh, Real estate professionals um, love that side of it is that they don 't pay taxes because of the depreciation
0: and so uh, guys i don 't want you to miss out on the benefit on the on the back end um, so what what Chris was saying is let 's say in five years they buy this thing for two million and they sell it for four million and there 's a two million dollar profit basically of that two million dollar profit, he gets a million so you know provided you 've already been paid your pref, which is seven percent which you, you, chances are you're going to have been paid all that, so I don't want you right. to get lost in that. But so, so you could see how this could be a jackpot compared to slinging houses in in Charlotte, North Carolina, making seven grand a, a commission each time you do it. You know, one day I uh, there's no doubt in my mind, Chris will probably have thirty of these, and so you know it's uh it's a very interesting game to get into with a lot of different. Uh, facets of money <laughs> yeah. I don't know how else to say it uh, other ways to make money
1: yeah, very um, much so and, and we do monthly distribution so instead of you owning a single family that too home, right yeah. yeah instead of you owning a single family home and you know dealing with the tenants and all you do is you sit back and you get a monthly check um, because we manage the property managers and we make sure everything's going smoothly and you just sit back get that monthly check um, and then the, the benefits are the taxes.
0: horizontal income. Yes. Horizontal. And what would you say the least amount that someone could put into one of these deals is? Great question. I get asked that a lot. So the
1: least amount is a $50,000 minimum. Um, So that's $50,000 minimum for all of our deals. And depending on the deal, there is a maximum amount just depending on the purchase price.
0: Right. And And then some people just create an LLC and get five friends and each put in 10 grand and then give you 50 that way so they skirt around it. So, well, this has been fascinating because I really love this because number one, you've been really candid. You've explained it like a third grader can understand, you, you know, which is great. Agents need to understand these deals because they're starting to hear more and more about them. Mm-hmm. And it's important that they, that they grasp all this, right? It's important that they have knowledge of this. And guys, I'd recommend you listen to this one two or three times. So, so when you hear about this and you see about it, you know, it's also inspirational because Chris is 24 years old and he quit being a realtor after three years of making 210 grand a year. I mean, that's a pretty bold move to just be like, hey, I'm out, I'm going to bigger and better things. So uh, that's inspirational in and of itself. So thank, uh, you. thank you for coming on today, Chris. I really uh, had fun with this.
1: Yeah, thank you very
0: much. Chris Salerno. That's hybindigital.com backslash Chris Salerno. S-A-L-E-R-N-O. And I'm also going to put all of Chris's social media links. I'm going to put his uh, contact information. If you want to reach out to him and ask him more questions, say thank you for coming on. Or if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, you want to break some bread with him. All the information is going to be there. Chris, listen. Next time I am up in Charlotte, I will definitely look you up and we can get together and break some bread, my friend.
1: Please, definitely love to
0: as a member of the Rockstar Nation you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits some of the things have been brought have been ebooks forms reports negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444 That's Toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful. Please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get, so please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments, there's a lot of places you can like, we're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment, so just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio. And leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys. And I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day. And thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you.